It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. This month's sponsor of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional, independent, integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, visit this month's sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. This conference will now be recorded. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I'm very pleased and fortunate to have with me Eric Feldman, Senior Vice President at Affiliated Monitors. We're going to talk about six areas of board inquiry. So, Eric, first of all, welcome and thank you so much for uh, taking the time to visit with me on this topic. Thanks for inviting me, Tom. Eric, what do you see as six areas of inquiry every board of directors should engage in around their compliance program? I think it's a great uh, question and a great topic, Tom. Uh, first of all, we have to note that tone at the top starts at the very top of the organization, not just the CEO, but the board. And the board really sets the tone for what it is the CEO is going to be focusing his or her limited time and attention on. Uh, they are limited in what they can do, and there needs to be some a statement of priority and the board should give the cue first of all number one on the culture of the organization uh, asking questions of the ceo how do you know that we're maintaining a strong corporate culture uh, to what extent do we have a speak up culture are people comfortable raising issues and questions and concerns and what are you doing as the ceo to promote, create, and retain that kind of environment. The second area of a board inquiry, in my view, uh, would be the CEO's commitment to messaging. Uh, one thing to have a code of conduct, and that's sort of a minimal standard, and the board is aware of the code, and they've got a copy of it. Uh, when the code is, is uh, redone on a regular basis. The board is usually involved in it. But the question, the area of inquiry ought to be of the CEO, how do you support this? How do you reinforce it? What kind of messaging are you doing in the organization to ensure not only that people know your commitment to ethics and compliance, but that your subordinate managers are in fact doing what you expect them to do. One of the things that we find on a regular basis in companies that we assess or monitor is that after an ethical failure, the CEO is puzzled as to what happened. I send out regular email messages on ethics. How could this happen in my company? 
they don't have insight into how their subordinate managers are behaving and what messages they're sending. The CEO needs to reinforce that with subordinate managers. Along those lines, the third area of inquiry would be the alignment of performance incentives and performance management with those ethics objectives. To what extent are bonuses, uh, promotions, compensation based on more than just financial metrics, but on ethics and compliance objectives, on the corporate culture objectives? And the board really needs to inquire as to how that performance incentive system is operating, under what criteria, and get data to support that there is appropriate alignment so you don't end up um, in a Wells Fargo kind of situation where the wrong behaviors are incentivized. Um, the next area would be training. Um, very easy organizations like to check the box and indicate that we've done our annual ethics training 99.9 .9 of our staff has taken the training the ceo will report that the seco will report that in her or his quarterly report to the board but the question the area of inquiry needs to be how do you know that that training is having an impact how effective is that training on the behavior of the workforce and how do we know? And that's something that they need to know to do their due diligence as a board, in, in my view. Um, the fifth area would be hiring and third-party due diligence. And especially in this time where uh, supply chains have been disrupted and potentially organizations have new uh, third parties, new suppliers. There are a lot of uh, mergers and acquisitions going on. To what extent is due diligence from an ethics, compliance, and corporate governance standpoint being performed on all of our third parties and our new employees, for that matter, to the extent that, that they're hiring? Um, to what extent is that being done uh, on a regular basis? So we can demonstrate our due diligence as an organization should any of those third parties uh, find themselves in a ethically compromised situation so we don't have the blowback. And finally, and this is one area that is often overlooked, I think, is to what extent does our company have adequate capability to respond to hotline complaints? Often what ends up happening is that the company will do a cursory inquiry or investigation, uh, think that they have the right answer as to what happened. They might take personnel action against an individual, but there's more to it. And it goes deeper. And a thorough and professional investigation wasn't conducted. And the board uh, really needs to demonstrate its due diligence by ensuring that the organization has the capability to effectively, professionally, and independently respond to hotline complaints through investigations or other inquiries, 
And if they don't, someone else is going to do it on the outside. So having that capability is is critical. And it's something that board members often don't like to think about. Uh, it's distasteful to think about having to do investigations of our own employees or contractors, uh, but they need to think about it in advance. I suppose given uh, where McDonald's is right about now, that would be a subject for an entire separate podcast, but that might be way too much fun. So uh, maybe we can do that <laughs> at some point in the future. Eric, as it you would. know, we we uh, we end uh, each podcast on 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program with three key takeaways. I was wondering if you might be able to distill down uh, your thoughts today into three key takeaways. Sure. Uh, number one is that tone at the top begins with the board. Uh, and it sounds uh, very simple and it sounds elementary, but many organizations we deal with uh, really don't see that. And the board, particularly if they delegate all ethics and compliance responsibility to an audit committee, um, often the audit committee has other things to do. So number one takeaway, uh, board is tone at the top. They set the tone. They set the direction of compliance for an organization. Uh, the number two is that if no one asks about the culture, it's not going to get done. It's not going to be an area of focus. It is often culture is an amorphous thing. The board needs to be involved in culture. And the third takeaway is that the CEO will prioritize those things that the board prioritizes for her or him. Uh, if they don't ask questions, if they don't put the CEO on the spot by following up on previous questions relating to culture, ethics, and compliance, it's not going to be on the CEO's radar, not for lack of caring, but for lack of time and attention. The board drives the CEO's time and attention. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program, where in the month of August, we're going to take a look at the role of the board of directors in a best practices compliance program. Once again, thanks to our sponsor, Affiliated Monitors for sponsoring this month's series. This production of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. I hope you will join me again tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>